Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through on The Athletic Podcast Network. New York strip steak. This is the basketball buds. Braised beef short ribs. With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. We got Trevon Edwards. We got Jay King. We got Mo Dakil, and we've got a hell of a show ahead of you today. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff. John Morant's injury, Clay Thompson coming back, maybe a hot seat in L.A., maybe a, a hot seat for a Celtics star, maybe a number one prospect getting destroyed, all kinds of stuff. But we start off with the red hot Phoenix Suns, 16 in a row, the second longest winning streak in franchise history, one away from the from tying the record which was set back in the 2006-2007 season uh, when they had a 15-game win streak and a 17-game win streak all in the same season. And uh, the Phoenix Suns take this 16-game win streak with a chance to tie that 17-game win streak record Tuesday night home against the Warriors, who have been the best team in the league this season. So, Trey, the Suns have been unbelievable. And here, this is the crazy thing. And maybe this is going to sound stupid, I don't feel like they've played all that well compared to a 16-game win streak. I think this could get better. I think they could get even more dominant. I think they could, you know, you know Chris Paul's not really hitting three-pointers. Jay Crowder's not hitting three-pointers. DeAndre Ayton missed a bunch of time. Like, this team could get even better, and I think Devin Booker is just on another level right now. Yeah, I mean, Book actually is starting to scratch the surface of the next tier of what he should have been a year or two ago. And I think that being a consecutive all-star making it to the finals as his first time in the playoffs, winning an Olympic gold, he understands that he truly belongs. It wasn't the 70 points. It wasn't, you know, getting there. I think that he's ready to make the next jump. But again, when you look at this roster, you look at the team, the off the court stuff with the, you know, with the, Sarver and things of that nature, it's a it's it's it gets smoothed over just because again, the Suns aren't a sexy team, you know, and you want to take everything away from them and say, you know, oh, COVID, you know, this is why they made it, or injuries, and this is why they made it. But you know, Monty Williams, credit to him, getting guys to buy in, you know, getting Chris Paul over there, guys believing, and they're rolling, you know. Um and they look like a real threat in the West, you know, and people still will say, oh, you know, the Lakers will figure it out. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't honestly don't think the Lakers could probably beat them at this point. But again, until you win, you're not going to get that respect the same way how we used to do the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yeah. Where we would be like, yeah, that's cool. They won 50 games, they won 60 games, the number one seed, and they lose to the Heat. Until you get it done, they're just like the Utah Jazz to me. Wow. Even though they made the finals yeah. last year? But no, but here's the thing. I respect the run, but it was a lot of injuries. That doesn't sound they like make the finals. the run. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's almost it's almost a backhanded compliment, right? No, it is a backhanded compliment. No, backhanded. Yeah, it's not so it, 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 okay, so it is a backhanded compliment, right? And it's like, what more do we have to do? But to, to, but the thing ahead. is, right, good franchises don't care about regular season records. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I want to shout them out for the streak that they're going to have. They're going to have 20-plus wins, streak wins-wise. They're going to roll. I, I believe it. I think that it doesn't end in Golden State. I think they're going to beat Golden State. But 
um, how they figure it out in the playoffs is going to be a different story. And I'm not convinced yet. Okay. So, so what, what would it take? Would it take just another finals appearance, a conference finals appearance? It's going to take a title for you to believe. I think, I think a Western conference finals, because that's the closest thing. Making the finals back to back is tough. Yeah. Even when you're a loser, that's, that's ultimate. But it's like having a good season and being an all-star one year and then not being an all-star the next year. You get what I'm saying? Like right. you can't just guarantee and stamp somebody and say they're great. This is what they are, right? Because yeah. it's so early. We haven't even played Christmas games. You know, I'm not trying to put that out in the universe. It's like, oh, an injury could affect this or something happens. But we can't just give it over and say this is the sun season. Because no, a, lot can, a lot can happen in 60 more games. No, Trey, you're 100% right on that. Like, I was with the Clippers for Vinny Del Negro's last year. We went on a 17-game win streak. Western Mass we, Finest. Yeah. That's what we were all thinking, yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Jay. Uh, we went on a 17-game win streak. Went undefeated in December. Everybody was talking about, like, the Clippers look like actual contenders. This, this team should go win a championship. Yo, when the calendar flipped over and we went to the new year, we couldn't win a game. We were terrible. We stopped defending. Our intensity went down. All of those things. Keeping that, maintaining that energy all year long is extremely difficult. And then we get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. So, Trey, I'm with you in that, like, hey, this streak is nice and it doesn't, you know, mean anything towards the playoffs. But the one thing I'll say is, even though I was, I'm kind of with you on last year's finals run. I just feel like they've gotten so much swagger off of it and the way they're playing and the way they're going about things this season, they look more like a championship level team this year than they did last year. And I feel like it's just the confidence that they have from that and everything they got going. So that's kind of my, my view of it for the Suns. I'm more into the Suns this year than I was last year, just because I think they got the flow now. I think they're a more complete team too. Last season, they went to the finals and they literally did not have a backup center. JaVale McGee, I mean, he's he's been the butt of jokes for, for a long time, but he, he was a very good addition for this team and something that this team needed. And then you look at Shamit, you know, that, that's a nice piece. Peyton can play some minutes sometimes. Like, <laughs> why are you laughing with these? Like, <laughs> you waiting for us to jump on you? <laughs> you don't even believe it. This, you don't even believe that last one. Yeah, Stop it, Jay. This, this you could have just stopped. It's a, it's a more complete team than it was last season when they did make the finals. Right. The one improvement that I want to see if it's real is Devin Booker's three-point shooting. He's in the 40% for the first time in his career. It's weird because you feel like he's always been a great shooter because he's so smooth out there, but he never really has had that in his game. And so if he's a 41% three-point shooter, that's huge for them. Uh, But I'm just most impressed by their maturity. Like, they went to the finals. They're a young team. That was the first time a lot of them did anything in their careers, including Booker. Booker, had he'd never been there before. He'd never achieved anything of substance. He gets to the finals. They come back, and they're still hungry. They're still driven. They're still doing all the little things. It's that hunger and that that maturity level that I'm most impressed by because you see a lot of teams make a run, especially young teams. They make a run, and they come back the next year, and it's just not the same. Like, they they think they've made it already when they haven't. This Suns the team the Hawks isn't had. like that at all. Exactly like the Hawks had earlier in the season. Um, but this, this Suns team hasn't had that at all. There, there's been no yeah. drop off of anything. Obviously they're just, just playing better and, you know, taking off where they left off last season. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying Booker as this kind of shooter um, simply because he was at 37% a week ago. Right. Like he's been on a tear the last five games and and with such small samples, like hitting 53 percent of his threes over the last five games, that's pushed him above 40 percent. And Maybe but, 37 would be an improvement. Oh, 37. Right? Be, yeah. If he if he's like yeah. above what league average typically is, I'll, I mean, you take that from him. And, and then maybe this does hold, right? Maybe it is. He is going to be a 40 percent three point shooter. I'm just not buying it because I know a week ago I checked and he was under that um, by far. And so uh, I, it's more the the type of play for me the type of shots that he's creating, the type of looks he's giving them. Um, there was a, there was a sequence a couple of games ago. When was this? Was this the, this must've been the Cleveland game. Um, and you know, Cleveland's 
whatever, right? Like Cleveland's banged up and everything, but they're down in a tight game. He goes and drives um, off a pick and roll, pulls up just left of the free throw line or maybe a little bit inside that, um, about 12 feet, hits a jumper. Next player, the play after, Chris Paul, to kind of put a dagger in the Cavs team, has a pick and roll, goes middle, snakes back to the left side to that exact same spot Devin Booker had and hits that and hits a shot. And it's just like, I watched that sequence and yeah, it's the Cavs without Evan Mobley, but I looked at that and Mo, I was just like, damn, they really can do whatever the hell they want in a tight game. And that's, I mean, the, that's, that's the, the thing for me. Like, I think this is the second best team in the league. I'm buying everything with them. I just don't know that they're as good as the Warriors, right? Like the, because if you look at it, you say, Hey, if you want to just put these teams side by side, do the Suns have as good of an offensive player and as good of a defensive player individually as the Warriors do? No. And it's not a knock on CP3 and it's not a knock on Booker. It's just none of those dudes are Curry and none of those dudes are Draymond. And so in that, if that's the case, you know, that's going to be that, that extra step. But still, like, okay, they're only the second best team in the league. Boo-hoo. And th- Ask- these two teams have been by far better than any other team. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, it's season. not even close. It's, it's not even close. It's like, not even remotely close. You watch them and you're just like, okay, <laughs> that's real basketball. And everyone else is just figuring it out. Brooklyn, Milwaukee, the Lakers. Jeez. I mean, I wouldn't say they're figuring it out. They're very far from figuring yeah, that they out. They are deteriorating but, as we speak. Yeah. Um, but Zach, I want to go to your point real quick about comparing the two rosters. Cause you're right between the Curry and Draymond. And, and, and that point, how do you feel about the difference between the supporting casts? Because at least like with the Suns, you know, Mikhail Bridges has gone through this and, and been through this run. Uh, all of them, Aiton, been through this kind of deep run, you know, all the way to the finals. All these guys, Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne. When you're looking at it with the Warriors, I mean, besides Iguodala and Looney, you're, you're depending on a lot of guys who've never been there. You True. Know, Jordan but, Poole hasn't been in a playoff you know who's game. knocking on the door? Clay Thompson. And he doesn't even have to be Clay Thompson. He could just be Duncan Robinson. But his understanding of what that's going to be and what that's going to take, like, they're getting that guy back. And so, to me, that's what, like, Clay, Clay may not be as good as everyone hopes he'll be at any point during this run. But you're getting him back. Like, Iguodala's old as hell, but he's still playing smart. Otto Porter, no, he hasn't been through it, but he's a smart basketball player. Bielitsa hasn't been through it. He's a smart basketball player. Like, they have guys with high IQs to mix in with the young guys to build that up. And you see it just every night with the way Curry and Iguodala and Draymond are raising the expectation for what these guys are supposed to do. And so, yeah, like the Suns have a deeper team. The Suns have what looks like a more reliable supporting cast. But I, I think the Warriors supporting cast is going to be more than good enough to likely match that. I, I'll just say one thing about the clay part, though. I'm still worried about all the nagging injuries that are going to come throughout the season as he's trying to get his body right. For sure, but it's like, not like they're going to they're not going to play him back to backs. They're not going to play him I, I, thirty no, no, minutes I, a game. I, like, no, no, I get all that, but it's still going to be you know slight hamstrings uh, strains here and things like that. Like all of the stuff that comes with coming back from just an Achilles alone is always a bunch of nagging injuries. Look at the year KD had. Like he was awesome on the court, but he was always kind of. Not on the court sometimes. For sure, but no, that, that's, that's fair. But also, like, they don't play nearly the same way, right? Like, it's it's going to be a different impact on the body. And maybe maybe Clay won't hold up, right? Maybe maybe he won't. But we're going to start talking, like, injury history. Like, all right, so let's get into the Chris Paul conversation. You know, like, I mean, it's just. <laughs> no, I, but it's just one guy's coming back from not having played in 800-something days. You know, and I feel like that's where I'm going to. Like, I'm all in. I'm excited for Clay. But I'm also just kind of more worried about how how much we'll get to actually see him. For sure, you know, I'm but that, worried but, about just the nagging. But stuff. again, I'm not expecting I'm not expecting him to be Clay Thompson. I'm just like if he's Duncan Robinson, if he plays just like that. You don't want the Duncan Robinson of this year. I'll take I'll take Clay Thompson <laughs> shooting with uh, with you. whatever Duncan Robinson's <laughs> role is. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. Yes, yeah, gotcha. Um, they uh they beat a Brooklyn team. On Saturday? Yeah, beat a Brooklyn team on Saturday that, uh, yeah, you know, they've been the best team in the East kind of by default. Obviously, Kyrie Irving's not played, and uh, James Harden has not 
James Harden had some confusing comments about like, yeah, I don't know when to score or when to pass or, you know, I'm when to do both and just kind of trying to, you know, I'm just oh, figuring James it out. Harden. And I'm like, you're James Harden. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, you're, <laughs> I, I, Trey, like break this down for it. What the hell is going on with James Harden here? Because those I've been with him throughout the season. Like, Hey, it's not that bad. And there was a stretch uh, before this game, like five games where like, he was going to shit little free throw attempts. Right. Like he's going to bunch. I'm like, okay, he's kind of figuring it out. All right. He's looking good. He, you know, other than those first five or six games of the season, like his numbers are actually really good and he's played better and the better impact and everything. But then we have that comment and they lose to the Suns. And I'm not one to overreact to, to one loss, but Trey, the comments are what confused me about James Harden of like, what do you mean you don't know what to do out there? It's very frustrating as a fan of James Harden, as a supporter of James Harden. I've been knowing James Harden since he was eight years old, right? And to see him grow and blossom in his career, win MVPs, make all-star appearances, be one of the top five players in the game. And these last two seasons, right? The current one and last year, he's battled, you know, he's he's been known to be like an Iron Man and show up for his team in the regular season, right? But in this situation... You got one thing, you got his hamstring, right? It's one thing. And then now it's, oh, I don't know if I should shoot or pass. There's confidence issues there. But, like, I don't even think that he's trying at this point because he's still, you know, those games that we say, oh, he's back, or we show those highlights, are against very bad basketball teams. Yeah, that's fair. That's really fair. <laughs> you know? Yes. And, and, it, and it sucks because it's kind of like, no, I th- – the outlets are just as bad as people in his close circle to hype those games. Cause it's like, he's not playing well. He's hunting. He's getting away with rookie defenders that have never guarded him and they're getting caught in the cookie jar. Great. People that have guarded, he can't even get past centers anymore. And it's, it's frustrating because I still believe in him. I still believe he can do things, but he's not helping himself. The three and key that's not his strength anymore. He hasn't tried or attempted a mid-range jump shot. I don't know if it's just ingrained in his career playing in Houston or what, but he needs to figure it out. You know, he's pick and rolling for no reason. He's not even effective on a pick and roll anymore. And it's making Kevin Durant work extra hard. Hell, when they start the offense, they don't even get their number one option involved because yeah. he's dribbling the ball. And trying to zip in a pass to a Blake Griffin. Well, Blake's in the doghouse, so I can stop using his name right now. But to anybody <laughs> Is Blake else. Blake Griffin on the team? I see someone in a Blake Griffin jersey, but I haven't seen Blake Griffin yeah. this year. Yeah, you're gonna see Blake you're gonna see Blake Griffin more in the in the stands than than, than actual <laughs> on the floor. And it's unfortunate because like you still you hate to see these guys hit that level of, you know. They once were herald. We loved them. And then their game kind of declines or age, father time shows up. You know what I mean? Right. And, 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 and it sucks. But he's a, deep, he's a liability. James Harden is even a liability out there at this point because, you know, if he's not turning the ball over, he's taking bad shots. You know, and, and, and until this point, the Nets have a real problem, right? And I know listeners are going to be like, how are they got a, you know, a real problem? They're first in the East. The East is very bad. The East the is only deep. Team. The East is deep, but it's not elite yet, right? Like Miami no, kind of tailed but off. Milwaukee's it's getting it's going. Yeah, but Milwaukee will end up being an elite team once they're fully healthy and back. That's the only. Yeah. That's the only team I fear. Yes, that's the only team uh, that I'm like. I don't think. Well, Brooklyn, the way they're playing right now, I don't think they could beat Miami. In and, a series, and, 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 I mean, they, and, a, and a hat tip to my Bulls, right? A hat tip to my Bulls. Like yeah. they're playing good. But the East is really bad, and that's why they could kind of sit at top three and be, and we can parade about the Bulls being in K- the conversation. KD right? should not have to do as much as he's doing. Like that's it. You're right on that. Like KD is having to do way too much out there for what this team was well, constructed to do. Looking at it too, right? He's a defensive liability. So you got Durant guarding one through five. It's not a nod to Kobe and saying, oh, look at Durant. He wants to guard the best player. <laughs> Nobody else can guard him. It's, it's necessity. Yeah. It's necessity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nobody else can guard him at this point. So he's like, fuck, man, I got to go out there and guard him. The ne- you know what I'm the, saying? The next problem, problem isn't that James Harden is bad. Their problem is that for as long as Kyrie Irving is out, 
they need him to be at an MVP level, and he hasn't exactly, been exactly. And so for eternity, and I don't know whether it's the body. I don't know whether whether it's some other issue. Is it age? Is it he doesn't care as much? I don't know, but he hasn't been nearly at the level hey, he was at last year. Last year, I I'm thought gonna, for a while. I'm gonna I'm like, gonna say this, Jay. I'm sorry to cut you off. New York is a distraction. <laughs> That's not the New York City I you know. Mean, but this is the thing. But this is the thing with New York. What are we but talking you, about? Hey, but you know, you know what's crazy? Sacramento, like, ooh, this is distracting. No, oh, he'll, but find, you, he'll, he'll, find <laughs> he'll he'll find a way in sack, bro. He'll build he'll build it if it doesn't come. So, <laughs> in this situation, most people never shout that New York is a distraction. They never shout it. They say Houston, yeah, this guy is wealthy in New York. He's living, he's playing a different type of ball game off the court. But do you want to be a basketball player? Do you want to be an elite basketball player? Do you care? It doesn't look like he cares out there. And I want to, I want to fight for him and say that he does, but he hasn't shown it. Does he because, need to care right now? I'm asking that like like legitimately but, 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 because we've but seen when him. Do, but when do you we, care though? This is the thing, Jay. He's always been a good regular season player, and has crapped out in the postseason. So do you think that maybe he would, he's reversing it? He's like, oh, you know what? All right, I like I like that theory. We'll we'll, we'll go with that. He's gonna blow no, these first twenty games to the last twenty games, and then you know we'll uh, we'll see what yeah. happens as he but, builds. But on a but more Jay, on a more serious but, note, like. We have seen Harden in Houston at the end of his time there. He looked out of shape. He looked disinterested. Obviously, he was disinterested. <laughs> he was trying to get out of there. But, like, he didn't look good at all. And then he got to Brooklyn, and a week later, he was playing at an MVP level. And so it's like, I don't know how much time he needs to get himself back into that level if if his problems aren't age, if they're not his body not cooperating, if there's something else. Like, they don't need him to survive the regular season. They don't need him to be at that level right now. They're going to need it in the playoffs, though. Um, but, but I think and Jay, there's no going- margin for error there if Kyrie doesn't play. There's zero margin for error. He has to be brilliant for them when it matters. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. But Jay, I think what, we're, what you're missing on here a little bit about it is this is the strain that it's putting on KD to have to do everything yeah, to that, keep this team fair. as a top three team. Like this is the problem, right? Like with Kyrie there, then, you know, he would have been able to kind of coast for most of the regular season and things like that. But they are so dependent on him being that guy, everything that Zach and, and Trey said, like they're just putting too much strain on KD. Like at a certain point, he needs the chance to just kind of chill a little bit on the court himself and he's not getting that opportunity and I think that's that's the real issue with Harden's struggles and how it affects the rest of the squad and that's the issue with Kyrie one of the issues with Kyrie sitting out this long too is right you know all, all of a sudden it puts that strain on KD Joe Harris has been out so the offense really misses him like he's a piece that just unlocks them and and it's put a ton of pressure on KD and James Harden. Last year, I felt like I thought they were going to struggle sometimes with the fit between Kyrie and Harden and KD. But it looked like they loved playing with each other, man. That team was selfless. That team meshed instantly. That team was committed to finding the best shot in a way that I didn't trust those three guys to do. Now I trusted them, and it's going the other way. <laughs> so it's your fault. It's Jay's fault. It's like now, now it's kind of like like I thought it might be initially, where they're they're still figuring each other out. Harden's like I don't know whether to shoot or pass now. <laughs> like that's what I thought was going to happen instantly, but it's 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 taking a little while, taking a little while. Yeah, and they're not having the joy like last year. It was so much fun to watch that offense. It was ridiculous. They're they're not sharing the ball as much. They're definitely not moving bodies at all like 
it's a stagnant, like, for w- the pieces they have, that offense has been very underwhelming. Yeah, the- and, then, and then you add in Blake Griffin looking like, you know, a shell of himself. You have uh, Millsap, not really a, a, a massive contributor. LaMarcus Aldridge has been great. But after that, it's like this whole team, you're yeah, looking Patty at Mills the construction. Too. Patty, Patty's been awesome. But after that, you're looking at him going like, all right, well, where else we get in the play? Yeah, I mean, to to the point about him in the pick and roll, James Harden in the pick and roll, he's damn near 30 points per 100 possession. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's damn near 20 points per 100 possessions worse as a score this year compared to last year. And he's turning the ball over about a third of the time. He's running a pick and roll. Think about that. That's insane. A part third of, of the time. Kyrie being out, and part of it's Joe Harris being out too, though. Part of it's and the Nick slippery Claxton. fingers. A third of the time he's turning over. Like, it's one thing to miss shots to give the ball away. He's and giving like are, a third of the time. Are, you run three pick and rolls. One of those ends up in the hands of the other team. That's insane. How many, and how many, how many times, times have you seen him? a video pop up where Harden is just like trying to cross somebody over and it just doesn't work? It's like, yeah, he, I mean, he weird. looks like me after Thanksgiving that's dinner, weird. man, like just bloated like, and like, like just in the old stumbling days, around. You get the, the oh, James Harden right. yeah. defense clips. Now you get like Harden crossing over and some big man rips him clips. It's tough. I would go even how, how how many of these are him still trying to get a foul that he's not going to get with the point of emphasis stuff. I don't know. He went to the free throw line a bunch of last like week and a half. I mean, I mean, maybe that, yeah, maybe that's some of it, but I, I think the, I think the free throw thing is a little overblown at this point. I think that was more of a first couple, couple of weeks of the season. He's still trying it, but I, I think he's just playing, playing slow. It's better than, I, I still think it's better than what, what you guys are saying, but it's definitely not good enough to where KD doesn't have to, you know, KD keeps having to like overdo everything and KD's going to is going to continue to do that because you put him on a court and he's going to try to win the game, right? Like, I don't think you can say to KD, hey, chill a little bit. We're trying to get James some work in. We're trying to figure this out. Like, KD's on the court. He's going to try to be a killer. And that's kind of just They have the 12th best offense right now. Yeah. The 12th best with James Harden and Kevin Durant. Yeah. You know why? They're behind ball, the Memphis Grizzlies. They're that, behind the, the ball Sacramento not moving. Kings. They're behind the Toronto freaking <laughs> Raptors. <laughs> They're not moving the ball, man. They're not moving the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Mo pointed impossible. it out. Mo pointed it out, right? What game was that, Mo? The Warriors, right? And I was yeah. like, dang, they should they should do more of that. And you were like, they only did it once. After that, they never <laughs> went back to yeah. it. It was there one was, possession. <laughs> one possession where they shared the rock like that. Good and possession, moved though. it. It, it was, was a it was, great it was possession. An awesome one. It was Harden <laughs> drives into the paint, kicks it out, swing, swing, swing. I think they got uh, Patty Mills in the corner for a three, but it's like, that was it. I was waiting for this the rest of the game. It stopped. Other than that, it's going great. You know? <laughs> I mean, their yeah. defense is in the top ten. We're the six, six in defensive yeah, rating. I would that, have never that expected that. Feel... Harden DPOY. Oh, boy. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, speaking of struggles, (laughs) the Lakers are struggling. My favorite stat from this past week is that you had LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook play 150 total minutes in a game, and they lost to the Sacramento Kings at home. How did that make you feel that the Kings got that win? Hilarious. It, it made me feel hilarious. Like, I was laughing so hard. You know what's funny? So, I I turned the game off. It was like 106-100. I had been doing radio 
like all damn day on Friday. I was just like tapped out. I was like, man, I just want to go chill and like do nothing to watch some bullshit TV. Right. And so it was a hundred, like radio show ends. It's one Oh six, 100 Lakers are up with like, I don't know, maybe a minute and a half left in the fourth. And I was like, all right, this is probably going to be fine. Right. And then I pick up my phone, like, like two hours later and I see the score. And I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> one forty, one thirty. How many overtime? Three overtimes? Like, what are you talking about? And I went back and watched the end of that game from uh, from the end of regulation through the overtime. And I was just dumbfounded. I'm like, yo, hey, you man, can't put the Kings away at home. Watching a Lakers game. I had, I had, a, I had a, I had a different experience. I'm watching Duke and Gonzaga. And that game had just ended. Oh, we're going to get to that, Jay King. Yeah, we're going to get to that, too. Jay, you're not ducking it. You're not ducking it. I'm a Duke fan. I'm definitely not ducking anything. Hey, so it's going to come up. It's going to come up quick. But, like, that game ends, and I look, and it's, like, maybe, like, 39 seconds left of the fourth. Right? Yeah. So I chime in, and I'm like, ah, okay, let's see what plays here. And I didn't realize that LeBron had been guarding – is this Terrence Davis? Yes. And Terrence Davis is making him work. Like work, <laughs> work, work, work. We the same age. So I don't want to be chasing a 21-year-old. I mean, 20-something <laughs> years old player either. So I, I feel you, LeBron. LeBron should not be doing that. But he has to because the defense sucks, right? Yeah. But also, like, but wait, then, hold on, Trey. It's Terrence Davis. Like, that feels like they're hiding him, not that he's chasing yeah, right? him. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but no, but no, but at the end of the day, he still, you know, once he fouled out, then he's like, oh shit, Bagley. Can't post, can't do a lot of shit. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Good for good for Bagley getting out yeah, of the exactly. dog house. Too. Go get you, yeah, he's him, right? really yeah. good. You know, that's that's Gentry's that's Gentry's doing there. But you look at this and you look and you say, Okay, LeBron's taking another three. Okay, maybe he makes the game winner. He has no legs. He has no legs. But the thing is to this point is what we're watching, right? And I put out a tweet saying, realistically, six years ago, I felt that LeBron was going to play to year 19, right? Mm-hmm. There's no no question in my mind. But that he would be a Carl Malone-style player, a back-to-the-basket, facilitate off of that, and fade away, right? Does his fade away. I didn't expect him to be shooting high-volume threes. Like, he's shooting 13 threes right now. Like it's, he's that's Steph shit. Steph barely even shoot over ten. He's starting to do it now, <laughs> but it took a long time for it took to last year for Steph to start yeah. shooting many threes and saying, you know what, I'm gonna just start gunning. For LeBron to do that to go two and thirteen that game, that ain't it. That that ain't no, no. it. They don't run no offense, Zach. LeBron gets the ball, ISO. Everybody else watches. Even Anthony Davis jumpers are bad. His three-pointers are bad. Yeah. He's the, I think Kirk Goldsberry had the stat that um, Anthony Davis is the least efficient jump shooter in the NBA right now. That tracks. But <laughs> the, the, the LeBron James aspect of it, like, in the second overtime, though, Trey, he started going to the basket, right? Like, started taking these guys off to dribble, was getting and ones and things like that. After that, the, the, the third overtime, that's where the legs were gone. And he was completely tired and had no gas. AD is not helping him. I think the door is pretty closed now on AD being at the level of a Tim Duncan or anything like that. People that were hyping him up after the bubble. I think we're looking at it going like, man, pretty close. The guy. This shit's welded shut. Okay. Well, a, I wasn't going to go that not far. Not a but. damn chance. Like, no, right. not a damn chance. Like, get out of here. You know, I think after the bubble performance, I think after that, we just haven't seen that player. We didn't see it before the bubble, and we haven't seen it even remotely close after the bubble. Mo, and Mo, I think that's the, a big issue. The, bo- the bubble was, was just yeah. uh, it was just a Nike camp with good with good food. That's all it was. I wish I could shoot in the bubble. My, I might have had a jump no. shot. Listen, there. everybody that played in well in the bubble time. aren't playing well. They're not. It was it – was, there's no travel. You get the, you know, the little treatment. Yes, you're away from your family. Maybe play the mental aspect in it. But as far it as a hooper, too. it helped a lot of guys. You just wake up and hoop. You ain't got to do nothing. You ain't got to dress up. You don't have to do media like that. You just play basketball. That's like a good-ass basketball camp. So now you get to the point 
the Lakers losing to the Suns last year was the worst thing that could have happened to them. Nobody fears the Lakers. No, why would you? Nobody, Look at the way they play. But I'm no, but I'm just saying them losing. No one fears them. Yeah. Back in the day, you was like, oh, I got LeBron. Shit, I can't play yeah. with LeBron. No, that the, performance against Trey, Indy. Oh my it's god. It's Indy. Oh my god. It's Indy right. though. No, the worst thing about the, uh, the, the for the Lakers is trading for Russ. He just doesn't fit the team. Like everything that they gave up, they're all killing in Washington. Now, maybe they would have moved some of those guys to get healed and things like that. But Russ just doesn't work with this squad. Like, I don't I understand their I understood why they wanted him in the sense of it's another name, L.A., all of that stuff. But he just doesn't work in the squad. That's the problem for the Lakers, right? Like, that's the issue at the end of the day. And Russ has been playing well. But with that, these other guys can't make up for him. For what he does defensively, he's not very good. Everything, you know, can't shoot, can't spread the floor, and it just crowds well, the paints for these and, guys. And they're just playing. They sacrifice their supporting cast to get a third star. And That's not third, a star right and now. And the third star is dragging them down. I like, I don't, man, look, I, Russ has been bad. I don't know if I feel comfortable saying that he's dragging them down. They play stupid basketball. But here's the thing. Russ plays stupid basketball. Yeah, but that is it Russ infected LeBron James? LeBron's you know who playing, plays, you know LeBron's who plays playing great dumb basketball? basketball. LeBron plays smart basketball. If you surround him with spacers and you allow him to create and you give him a team that makes sense, they didn't do that. They got old guys They got who are almost out of the league. They got young guys who don't know what they're doing. They've got Russ who clogs the paint and takes bad shots and steals possessions from the smartest player of his generation, maybe the smartest player of all time. So, yes, they're going to get dumber. <laughs> of course they're going to get dumber. But that should cause LeBron to play dumber basketball. Like, he's the genius out there. Right? But you just make it so much tougher when, when you go from good role players who defend their asses off, take, take some of the pressure off, LeBron on that end and know their role offensively. All right. So that, that is so much easier of a formula for LeBron to be a maestro. You, you, you add Russell Westbrook to the mix and we we've seen it for a long time. Like even, even when he was playing at an MVP level, there were times when it was like, Man, Russ is kind of destructive right now. And granted, back then, his good way, 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 way outweighed the bad. It doesn't outweigh the bad by that much anymore, if it does at all. And especially on this roster for this Lakers team, they needed defense. They needed shooters. For sure. He, no, you're not. None of that. You're not wrong about any of that. One, they should be playing Russ at center. But two, you're not wrong about any of that. But I think it's scapegoating to just say this is on Russ. LeBron is not playing smart basketball. AD is not playing smart or effective basketball. Like these are two all-time players who are supposed to raise the level of the guys around them. And I don't think, look, I, I, again, Russ deserves blame, but man, that he doesn't deserve the blame for why they're playing bad. That's my issue with it. Like they, like these guys are making horrible decisions, lazy decisions out there. And yeah, it's only November, but then it's going to be, ah, it's only December. Ah, we're not even the trade deadline yet. Ah, you know, the buyout market. Let's see what's there. And then it's going to be, oh shit, it's April. Are the Lakers going to, you know, make it through the playing tournament? You imagine the Lakers have a first round series against the Warriors or the Suns right now? They're going to get run playing Adios. like this. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get run playing like this. Like they need to, they need to improve so much. And so Sam Amick had a great uh, article a couple days ago on, the athletic just asking questions. And one of the main ones was, you know, Frank Vogel's seat. Is it getting hot? Is it warming up? And I don't know if it's that extreme yet, but if they keep playing like this, this mediocre ass basketball throughout the season, you know, it wouldn't shock me if at some point halfway through they decide, all right, let's see who else can coach this team. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the only change they really have, right? Like yeah. what, who, like everybody talks about like, oh, this is going to be like LeBron was in Cleveland and, and, and get all those guys traded. Who's trading for these dudes? They don't have picks, <laughs> they don't have picks a, to dangle, right? They, like, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't have any asset to what, add what to would it. What Malik to, Monk fetch? You know, I mean, like, <laughs> no, seriously, like you, you don't have a, a, a draft pick to add, even if you wanted to trade Russ to incentivize another team. So, you know, the only other option is let's get a new coach in there and see if something, if they can change something. I don't think this is Vogel's fault. I don't think this is really as much a, a, a coaching issue, but it's just he's going to end up in that situation because that's the only change they could possibly make in season. I mean, if you're a buyout candidate, are you really going to try to go running to the Lakers if, if it's a conversation between the Lakers or Warriors? Or, go or Suns or Nets or Bucks or, or whatever, or, you know, or, like, or, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know you have a better chance with those other teams right now. Like, I, I don't even think they're going to be that much into the buyout uh, market because I don't think anybody's going to be that interested. Yeah, I mean, Trey, like, what, where do you think the – like, how good do you think the Lakers will become this season? Should we still be viewing them as a championship – a possible championship contender at some point? I'm saying not, not the way they're playing now, but do you think they can get to that level? Uh, with a little luck. Yes. Like I hate to say injuries and things of that nature, but yeah, but it might take that. That that it's going to take that luck, luck and luck and a pathway cleared for them to get to where they need to go. Cause, uh, as alarming as it is, you know, they're 20 games in. And when you factor things in of trying to put guys in, like I've hear people like, Oh, but Trevor Reza, it's like, it's not, Trevor Reese is not going to change their defense overnight. You know what I'm he saying? He will help, like, though. Which he is will that, help. He will help. They need but <laughs> they really, I mean, shit, they need everybody they can get at this yeah. point. They can they can put in Jimmy G or, you know, whoever they want at this point. James Wordy can sub in yeah. at this point. No, they it's, need everybody. It's, it's all wrinkled hands on deck. Like, that's what it is right now. Like, they just. <laughs> <laughs> but trading, But trading for someone isn't going to shift it. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's something that they need to lock in and hold each other accountable. You know, Frank Vogel's not calling plays. The defense isn't playing defense. You know what I mean? Like, and then you're asking a 36-year-old, almost 37-year-old LeBron James to do more than what's asked. Those guys were traded and brought over to make his life easier, not harder. Mm -hmm. And it's been the experiment from hell because he's had to go out and score a 30 some points versus Indiana, you know, the Indiana Pacers or, you know, compete and go into three overtimes with a Sacramento Kings. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be that. And right. the guys that they let go were the guys that gave a little effort on defense. They weren't the lockdown defenders, but KCP Caruso, Hell, even Kuzma even tried to play defense at times. Yeah. Kuz became so, a pretty solid defender by the end of that thing. Exactly. So yeah. it's like it's 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 not about you know it's it's about stop trade. My advice for future GMs is stop going for names and go get dogs. That's all it boils out to. Go get dogs, things that fit your needs and not the names because the names are becoming the names. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It, absolutely. It's, it's it's hard when you, your other two names come to you going, we want this guy. Yeah, it, it it does get a little bit hard for Polinka to be like, no, 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 no. We're just going to go get Buddy Heald. Like, I understand it I, I from Polinka's perspective of like, well, shit, fine uh, type of situation. But like, this is not a, a it just sucks. And, and just got to stop letting the players sort of, hey, we're going to go get it and we're going to make it work. If it clearly doesn't work. If you look at the pieces, just going like, no, it's not going to work. We got to go another way. Like, you got to have that conversation. But I just don't think Polinka was uh, in a position to really fight LeBron and AD on it. Because, like, we're hearing the stories. LeBron's on recruiting pitches. 
you know, they're, they're, it, it's almost like uh, college football and taking them on tours of the facility to see if guys want to come here. I mean, it's, it's a tough spot for Palenka. They need better boosters. That's you know the, was that's the easy answer. spot. Caruso. Yes. I, well, I still can't believe they didn't re-sign him. Couldn't have been easier. Oh, my God. Wanted that. I'm so glad THT is fully panning out. <laughs> if you looked at the Lakers' stats right now, like just looked at them, had no clue who they were attached to, you'd be like, oh, that's the Kings. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the Pistons. You know? Yeah. Like, seriously, though. No, you're right. Like, they're in the 20th in the. De- 20 in the 20s in defensive rating they're in the 20s in offensive they're rating. a worse defensive team than they've, the thunder by far they've been a legitimately bad basketball it's team wild. in every single way yeah they're lost they're lost um all right let's let's move on we had uh we don't have to spend too much time on this because we ended up getting some better news than what it looked like friday night when it looked like john moran had torn his knee all apart um in what ended up being a blowout loss to the hawks and uh luckily it's just a sprain so i don't know what that means for him whether it's three weeks six weeks eight weeks whatever that's going to mean but john morant did not uh apparently did not tear an acl or an mcl or a meniscus or anything it's just a knee sprain um so that's great news but mo do you think that we've talked about this you know in terms of you know them getting kyle anderson more into the role they had last year and everything like do you think that that is now likely with jaw out, you can kind of get some of these guys more back to what they were doing and then bring jaw back into the mix and, and have it be more of a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Cause I think this is kind of what happened last year. You know, jaw went oh, out yeah, yeah, the ankle three weeks with yeah. a sprained ankle and sprained ankle. And then, you know, the other guys had to sort of step up and then you just kind of reintegrate jaw back in. And then you, you know what you have with these guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see something similar along those lines, just because, it's it's almost exactly what happened last year, except thankfully this wasn't. Uh, this could have been so much worse, you know. And it didn't help with Ja tweeting out or, or putting out on Instagram. It's in God's hands now because everybody got immediately scared once we saw that one. Uh, what does everyone think uh, the Grizzlies will end up being? Jay, you think they'll figure it out outside of the playoffs? It, I mean, what's figure it out? You know, like, I mean, not I be a think, horrible defensive team. I don't think they, they can make it to the upper echelon of the West. I think if John Moran has to miss time, like that team is going to really, really suffer. They don't have enough creation without him. Yeah. And the defense is just puzzling to me. I know they've had some changes. I know some big pieces from last year either aren't there anymore or are playing different roles. But like they they did the grit and grind Grizzlies proud the last couple of years, just really defending their asses off, and that that just hasn't been there. That's been one of the weirdest subplots of the season to me is is the Grizzlies defense. Yeah. Like how how do they have the very worst defense in the league by far? It's not even close. Yeah, the, 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 it's weird because after the last two seasons, I would have thought like, oh, these young guys can just defend. Because like, like the, a young team the, defending the Blazers, really well, and now it's like, Jesus. The Blazers and Pelicans look over at the Grizzlies, and they're like, damn, that team really sucks on defense. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. That's really rough. <laughs> like, Brandon Ingram's looking over like, oh, man, they really don't try at all on defense. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you believe those lazy bums? Um, speaking, of, speaking of guys who don't try, let's go over to the Celtics, Jay. Okay. And there's an there's a report from ESPN with executives and coaches basically questioning the makeup of the, the mental makeup of this team, saying, "quote They've looked like players that legitimately don't enjoy each other's success, and it's been like that for years." Um, one Eastern Conference assistant coach, according to Tim Bontemps, said, "Jason Tatum is about Jason Tatum. I don't think he cares about winning now, and if he does, it's on his terms. He doesn't want to score 15 and win. He wants to score 39 and win." Um, does any of this reporting surprise you? Is this stuff that you feel as well being around that team? Uh, it's not really stuff that I feel, but if you look at the last couple seasons, I can see why you think that. And, and I think that's a reputation that's going to follow Tatum 
that's going to follow Jalen Brown until they prove otherwise. And I, I definitely don't put all of the problems on them. I actually think, like, with the supporting cast that the Celtics built, with no shooting in the backcourt whatsoever, mm-hmm. they've made things really difficult on them offensively. And they don't have another primary creator on the roster. Like, Dennis Schroeder's a scorer. Marcus Smart can pass. But he's not going to really break a defense down like like any of the top guys. So they've made things really difficult for them. Um, so like it at this point of their career, it's it's fair to say all of that stuff. Um, Tatum like Tatum plays defense. Tatum rebounds. Like he does a lot of things that a guy that cares about winning does. I think he's grown a lot as a passer, but that that's not and has never been his strong suit. It's just the role that the Celtics need him to play because they don't have a top point guard right now. And so they need him to do probably more than at this moment he's capable of doing. And some nights it's been bad. Like when he goes bad, he goes bad. It's like four for 20, like five for 21. I think he leads the NBA in missed field goal attempts right now, which is not where you want to be. Um, so I think like all those criticisms are valid. Even Emil Doka is saying it. Yeah, you know, like Emil Doka is out there saying we need to play together. We need to not be out for our own stats. We need to really commit to team basketball. And so, you no, know, it doesn't surprise me that some anonymous assistant coach is going to say the same thing. Like Emil <laughs> Doka is going out there and putting his name to it. You know, yeah, trust. Well, Trey, Trey, what do you make of the Jason Tatum experience right now? I mean, I've I've always chose Brown. Not gonna lie, um, I honestly, uh, after his playoff performance, I was thinking that going into this season, he would emerge in top five, and it hasn't been the case. But yeah, I don't, I don't get it. It's such a weird situation. Um, but I, it also falls upon like I know Emay's trying. He hasn't been, you know, great, you know, for his first year, but like, especially to Celtic standards, I guess. Um, but there's no true alpha established. Like no one came in and said, all right, Jason, it's your team or Jalen, it's your team, you know? And I think that's the huge, the, the, the biggest issue. And with without that, you know, it's just too much inconsistency because both are trying to, you know, win a game for, for the, for the Celtics. And it's a clash. And then also they need a point guard. I've been screaming this for the longest, man. Jason Tatum. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of his, but he's just too inconsistent. You know, like, he's just, what are you going to say? He's just not a playmaker. Like it's, you're asking him to do something that's not within his nature at all to, to figure out. And, and he's never been that guy, right? Like he gets right. tunnel vision and everything like that. And Trey, I'm I'm with you, man. Like they need a point guard. Like this team would look very different if they had a Ricky Rubio type. You I know, mean, I, I've I, been I, I've been screaming for uh, Jalen Brunson. Be, you know, yeah. yeah, anybody that can just sort of be like, "Yo, let's let's get the ball moving here a little bit and get that ball moving," so they get out of this whole "my turn, your turn" between Brown and Tatum. I think that's kind of what's becoming the issue. And and you know, like Jay and I talked about it on a. Uh, anything potable podcast like you're you're going to have these issues because i don't think marcus smart is a good enough playmaker you know i don't think he's that guy that can do it and that's their problem you know and i think they're going to continue to have those issues until they solve it yeah i i just i don't i don't think it's ever gonna get to a point where it's like oh they should move on from jason tatum but there's got to be a certain point where he needs to just grow up like I get it, you got a Gatorade commercial, you got all the stuff. Like you've been been to the conference finals, like you've you've done all these things. You're a hell of a player, but you kind of just like like grow up, grow up and go play good basketball. Like it's it's a choice for him, right? Right, and and that's the problem. It's not like like teams can't take away him playing good basketball. He's taking it away, and until he decides to do it, like it's just going to make you know the Celtics will be just good enough. To, to not be a, a joke, but they're not going to. It's not going to be the standard that they they want to set for that organization again. Like, it's just not going to be that. Um, speaking of setting standards, 
Jay King has been very vocal in, I think online, but definitely in group chats about Chet Holmgren being the absolute truth. Maybe I the greatest prospect we've ever seen. I never. Whoa, 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 whoa. And whoa, 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 whoa. so he played against Duke the other night, Paolo Banchero, and Jay, he got worked. Paolo, in the fight to be the number one player, looked so much better. And so I was talking with Amin Al-Hassan about this on the radio the other night as they were playing, and he had never seen Chet play before. This was a first look at Chet. And his concern was when you look at these skilled seven-footers, right? These skilled like dudes are like six, nine to seven feet tall a Brandon Ingram, a Kevin Durant. They move like guards. Chet moves like a big man. And if that's the case, it limits what he could become. And then you look at Paolo, my God, like that's what, that's what that looks like. So are you ready to abandon Chet Holmgren after that game? First of all, I I just want to state that you think I took a loss here, but I took a win because I'm a Duke fan. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so you, you think you think hollow out playing chet was like this huge hit to me but really i'm sitting there loving it because the blue devils knocked off mighty gonzaga uh um, mighty gonzaga but yeah so w- when i see chet i see him as like a point center like totally different type of player than basically anybody and i still think there's an enormously high ceiling there but when you see him against someone as physically gifted as as built as paulo you're like okay <laughs> like that's what some nba dudes are gonna do to him yeah you know? <laughs> right <laughs> and, and so I, I am a i am definitely lower on chet wow. than i was entering entering this season he hasn't filled out at all. He's still a toothpick. But but his his combination of rim protection, ball handling, and skills for however tall he is is special. And it's rare. And so I still believe in Chet. But what that, if, was a, that was a win for me, man. That was a, a win for I'm you. Always Interesting. winning. Even when what you does that lose, that I mean, win. That doesn't mean anything. You're a Duke fan. You're not a winner. I'm a Duke fan, baby. Yeah, like that. Trust me, you've just lowered several rankings in my own mind. Like you, you, you suck. I was the biggest Grant Hill guy when I was little. That's why. What does that mean? Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was a big Corey McGetty guy. Oh man, I love Ooh, me some Corey McGetty. You, he's perfect. Zach I have a, I, oh my god, yeah. I have a question now. I, I have a theory that Corey McGetty is the one that popularized slapping the backboard after a dunk. Am I wrong on that? You're wrong, but it's cool. <laughs> I feel like Toby Bailey and them used to do that shit all the time. I mean, it's it's been before that, but, you know, just on a national not, level. No, I'm maybe, not saying he invented it. I'm saying, like, he popularized, like, he made it, like, more of a thing. Nah, it was it was popping way before that. Like, that, that the, the whole tap culture, though, like, Tap culture in general was just so big in the early 90s that just like, you know, the next thing was dunking and clapping glass. Right. I think the fun fun police of the ref just taking it out was just whack, though. Oh, it's, su- it's super whack. Yeah. No, but I like, th- so obviously we have video of Elgin Baylor doing the Euro step, right? Yeah. And Sarutis, step. Yeah, Sarutis Marshallonis is the one who gets popularized with bringing it to the NBA and everything, though, is there. 30 years prior, 50, you know, 20 years prior. But I think, I think Corey Maggetti is the Sharunas Marshallonis of tapping the backboard. That's what, that's, <laughs> that's my theory here. That's how I'm going to spin this and adjust this. So I feel like I'm, I love where this podcast is going. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was, man, he was what, slapping what the, absurd, he, he wasn't just, he wasn't just tapping. Line. Corey McGetty is <laughs> Shit, how did I become the J. King in a J. King segment? This is. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. terrible. That might be the funniest sentence ever said. <laughs> that, that, that might be the funniest sentence ever said.
might have to end the podcast. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> it. Check out No Dunks. Check out all the team-specific shows like Anything's Potable. Check out Michelle Beadle's podcast, What Did I Miss? Check it all out on the Athletic Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the Athletic. Oh, my God. Go get you a deal right now. I don't know what the deals are. But just go get you a deal if you haven't subscribed for the best coverage of sports on the internet for Trevon Edwards, for Jay King, for Mo Dacchio, for Sharunas Marshall Lomas, and Corey McGetty. I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked in on The Athletic.